in the University of Bristol Uni. On air. On 11.34, medium wave. Online. Via burstradio.org.uk. This is Burst Radio. Good evening. It's five minutes past six, actually slightly late tonight. And welcome to Burst News. I'm Nicola Shears. And I am Isabel Woolland. And main headlines tonight, Chavez troops on standby at border and global paedophile rings smashed. ID cards will be with you in nine years' time. And imagine getting killed on your first date. Ooh, <laughs> that's pretty uh, scary stuff. Getting right? quite heavy. On to our main news story tonight in world news. Thousands of Venezuelan soldiers have reached the country's border with Colombia after their president ordered them to be ready to defend the sacred sovereignty of their homeland. President Hugo Chavez also deployed planes, tanks and navy ships in response to a Colombian army attack in Ecuador, which, by the way, is a Venezuelan ally. He is seeking international condemnation of Colombia for the raid that killed a key Colombian rebel leader and 22 other fighters. Colombia's actions have, however, been fully backed by the US, which incidentally supports the Colombian army's fight against the rebel group FARC. That's not a rude word. (laughs) That is the name of their rebel group in Colombia. Meanwhile, other nations declared the attack had been a violation of Ecuador's, um, Ecuador's sovereignty, but stopped short of condemning the raid. Mr. Chavez, the Venezuelan president, just in case you're confused, blamed the growing regional crisis on the US and Colombia's conservative government, who were, both work cl- very closely together, saying they posed a constant threat of war in the region. The Ecuadorian president, Rafael Correa, called Colombian president Alvaro Uribe a liar who wanted war. Ooh. However, President Uribe said he would not mobilize troops or allow his nation to be drawn into war with his neighbors, and that he only decided to attack the rebel camp in Ecuador due to his frustration over the fact that rebel fighters were able to find refuge across poorly patrolled jungle borders. Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez has today announced that this diplomatic crisis with Colombia will mean reduced trade between the two countries, and he is considering government takeovers of Colombian companies in Venezuela. According to Chavez, Venezuela will seek goods from other countries to replace products it gets in its $6 billion annual commercial exchange with Colombia. However, whether we will see such sanctions remains doubtful, as Chavez made similar threats against uh, Spanish companies even last year during a diplomatic dispute uh, with the country then. Uh, But the reprisals never materialised, never took place. So this could be a case of more of a war of words than actions. Um, Quite a confusing story there, I'm afraid. We've got a good few countries involved (laughs) and a good few presidents, but it seems like they just sort of enjoy, uh, I don't know, sort of throwing words about at each other. Yeah, it's always South American, sort of, um, sort of the middle of America, all fighting yeah, against South American other. politics. Yeah. Mm. But interesting. Right, and on to another, a serious story now. Global paedophile ring has been smashed. Eight British children have been rescued after an FBI-led investigation broke up the world's largest internet paedophile ring. The youngsters, aged between 6 and 14, were identified from thousands of images seized in a two-year international police operation. 
Some of the 400,000 images found in raids across the globe showed young children being raped at homes in the UK, US and Australia. A total of 22 people were arrested, including two men in the United Kingdom. This news comes after six other British men were earlier jailed for their roles in trading and receiving pictures and videos on the same network. Paul Griffiths, who is the head um, of the Victim Identification Team at CIOP, which stands for Child Exploitation and Online Protection, said that the children were subjected to horrendous abuse and his team had to use facial recognition software and painstaking detective work in order to identify them, to identify the children from the clues in each image. And he, he said, and I quote, it's important to remember that these children were not missing. They were located in the place where they were supposed to be safe, their own home, where the abuse, their abuse was recorded and made available over the internet. Officers infiltrated the gang, despite attempts to thwart them. This is because uh, new members always had to um, prove their worth by submitting sick pictures or videos of abuse. So presumably the um, police, the officers involved, had to actually submit some pictures uh, in order to get the members to believe, you know, them. Um, and, yeah, so... That's a, I mean, Gosh, that's... A positive end, ending to the story, isn't it? Yes, but how horrendous that's happening in their own homes. It's absolutely it's... horrendous, and... I mean, the worst thing is the FBI, someone from the FBI said that the on, it was an online gang, basically, and it was run like a business um, with images used instead of cash. So it really oh, was God. a very, a very serious, um, serious sort of team they had going on there. Yeah, that's quite controlled and... Quite know. controlled. And the fact that these children were obviously in their homes when they were videoed is oh, it's awful. It's absolutely just it's crazy. so bad to think of. And in England as well, you know, you can always picture that in America where the horror movies happen. Mm. Then you think of it in England, it's like, oh gosh. It, it, it's like, yeah, that's true, it's totally true. And sort of you often imagine it would happen to, I'm not sure really who, like a, ho you know, a homeless child, someone yeah. who hasn't been properly looked Sorry after. Someone who doesn't ha yeah, have anyone. And these children were in a place that was meant to be safe. But I'm yeah. glad they've broken up this global uh, paedophile ring. And if the it's the biggest largest, one, yeah. But Obviously, there will, always, there will always be others that will spring up and take its place. Yeah. Right, on to <coughs> some other news. National news. ID cards that will carry details and fingerprints on a microtrip will be used by most Britons in nine years' time. And it won't cost, cost as much as we first thought. Jackie Smith, the Home Secretary, said she will cut the cost by £1 billion. She will do this by allowing private companies to get the information from their employees. Right. So that means that these, the idea of ID cards are definitely going to happen. And generally, in just nine years' time, we will all have them. I can't believe that. I mean, what do you think about this? Do you think it's a good thing or a positive thing or a negative well, um, initiative? Yeah, I think it definitely does have positives because... It will help us keep track of criminals and any immigrants that come in. However, it also makes me worry about, you know, the general population being watched so much. Mm -hmm. I mean, should we not be allowed a bit more privacy? What do you think? We should. I mean, it does, rings alarm bells in my mind. We always yeah. hear about the big, 
big brother state all those yeah. kind of things um you know big brothers watching you it, uh, it does worry me especially if we look back over the last few months even the last few weeks there have been countless stories in the news about the government um losing our personal yes. information losing like, our records those our, child benefit all of our records driving license records exactly so you what know. i mean i mean is it going to be safe <laughs> are our details going to be safe i is really it? don't know but I mean, yeah. other countries, am I right in thinking other countries already have this scheme in place? Yes, you are. In France, they already have it in place. And apparently, this has kept track of all the immigrants coming in. So actually, immigrants go through France to get to England because they know that once they get here, they can just hide amongst all the other people because we don't have a tracking system. So, you know... Definitely pros and system. cons to that. We'll wait and see what happens. Yes, we are. So, in other news, Carl Taylor, a 27-year-old fitness trainer from Covent Garden, he met Kate Beagley for their first date with a knife up his sleeve. Oh. He proceeded to stab her numerous times before dumping her body. He has been jailed for over 30 years now, and Judge Giles Forrester named him as an arrogant, manipulative, and highly dangerous man. Well, I mean, you don't normally take a knife to a date, do you? No. We um, have flowers, but... We don't quite know <laughs> his, uh, his reasoning behind having to turn up for this date. So, was it a but, blind date? Do we know? Was it just a... Um, they organ- you know, did they know each other beforehand? Do we know any of that information or not? I We're not sure. I wasn't sure about what it said there. Um, <laughs> but, because, I mean... I, I imagine, you, you, would you really want to turn up to a blind date just wanting to kill somebody? I mean, possibly, we maybe wouldn't. If you had, men, if you had yeah. serious mental or psychological issues, yeah. maybe. I mean, obviously, blind dates do always have risks. You never know they who do. you're going to meet, but... Like meeting somebody off the internet. You hear exactly. problems happening there mm. for yeah. children. Hmm. Well... Okay, <laughs> to uh, another top UK news story tonight. Prisoners being freed to homelessness. According to the Shadow Housing Minister, inmates face, according to him, in his words, sorry, a revolving door from prison release to homelessness. That was uh, Tory MP Grant Shapps who made that claim after revealing that 78,000 prisoners in four years have been freed without a home to go to. Some 12,000 prisoners in England and Wales were released onto the street in 2005-2006, including 1,122 from high-security prisons, which is slightly worrying. Disconcerting, (laughs) to say the least. Um, According to Tory MP, uh, it's a trap which is letting everyone down and renders what little rehabilitation work goes on within prison virtually useless. Ensuring that prisoners have adequate housing on release is fundamental to their reintegration into society and would dramatically reduce the rate of ex-prisoner re-offending. Failing to resolve this issue ultimately costs taxpayer and local communities a fortune, as everyone is forced to bear the consequences of increased bed and breakfast crime. Do you know what that is? Bed and breakfast crime mm. is apparently when ex-prisoners re-offend in order to get a roof over their heads. Oh. Makes sense when you think about it. <laughs> yes. uh, however, the Ministry of Justice has said that the statistics referred to um, 
prisoners released without permanent address and did not necessarily mean that they were homeless and that the majority of prisons in England and Wales do provide housing advice uh, and assess the offender's housing needs. So what do you think, what do you make of that story? Um, it does raise quite an interesting question. Should yes. people, criminals who have done wrong in society, committed offences, atrocious acts, maybe even murdered someone, should they, after they are released to serve their time, should they get free handouts from the government, you know, such as mm. housing, benefits? I mean, what about all the other law-abiding, good, honest, yeah. tax-paying citizens um, who are also struggling to get on the housing market? Yeah. I mean, to me, it seems that we can't win here because if we don't house them, then we've got problems of them reoffending, which puts us in danger. But if we do house them, that means we're paying for them to live their life again. It's true. And like everything, it's a double-edged sword again. Exactly. I mean, we just can't quite decide how it's going to happen here. Maybe the prison system isn't helping them enough to stop them from reoffending. Maybe we need to change that. Mm. Because, you know, if... Although going into homelessness, I don't... I hear that... It's that's a tough one. I d I'm not sure what to say on this, in fact. No, I think... Tricky situation. Well, Hopefully uh, the government will come up with a good idea to solve that problem. Yes. And talking of housing people, uh, there's a story in the news about care homes. Adults with learning disabilities have sub been subjected to abusive treatment in healthcare homes. They have been cases where they say that they are restrained with straps and sedated by using chemical coshing. This is making them keep quiet um, so they don't have to care for them quite as much. And there's another case where a man with Down syndrome was locked in a bus overnight after staff had broken his foot. So, you know, the Parliament have said that what is called for is a culture change and that we need to encourage dignity and respect for all. However, they are at a loss as to how to accomplish this. Dear so, me. I mean, from hearing about the Jersey home... And then hearing about how it's still actually happening. Still going on. You're right. I mean, it was homes. only a few weeks ago that there was a, an, a local news story, in fact, about a care home in Bristol, in the Bristol area for elderly people, which was shut down because, um, I mean, I don't think there was anything extremely sinister going on there, but the uh, elderly patients just weren't being properly uh, being looked careful. after. They sort yeah. of went to hospital with a few unexplained bruises, that kind of thing. Nothing too serious, but... It was still shut down. Yeah. Um, obviously, that shows how there is a problem, but it does also show how um, something is being done about this. They are yeah, they shut. Yeah, they some. are looking into it. Obviously, someone's yeah. made complaints, and exactly. which always means that, you know, once it's on in the news, I, I like to think that it's going to start getting I, looked like into and <laughs> changed. <I hope> so. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Right. Local news. On to some... Bristol news now. Exciting. A nice local story for you. This is about um, a Bristol school, in fact. Police have defended the use of CS gas spray to break up a brawl involving a group of schoolgirls. A complaint has been made against Avon and Somerset Constabulary by one of the parents after the riot gas, gas allegedly temporarily blinded her daughter outside the school in Bristol last month. And um, the woman in question said 
that her 15-year-old daughter uh, lost her vision and then staggered into a busy road. Apparently, the daughter, um, called, who was called Jibuse, that may or may not be the correct way of pronouncing <laughs> it, um, she and her friend say they went to help a classmate who was fighting with another girl outside Whitefield Fish Ponds Community School. Police said the officer concerned was single-handedly dealing with a dispute involving 15 people and that gas was the best option. So two uh, conflicting versions of events there. Um, but the the parent who lodged the complaint said that these were school children and she thinks it's absolutely disgusting and it's far too extreme to use CS spray on children. Uh, what do you think about mm. this? Well, I think a mother, of course, is going to say that. But... From having met some quite sort of, I don't know, say as young as 15-year-olds who are pretty vicious, you can sort of see you where... You can see. I mean, if this policeman was on his own and if there was, um, you know, 15 people around him, mm. I mean, what other option do you have? I mean, if they're going to target you, then you've got to take care of yourself, don't you? Yeah. Um, I mean, apparently the police received nothing but praise from staff at the school and also from local children who observed the incident. So yeah. I think people in the local community were pleased... Were by, happy with it. ..with the yeah. way the uh, event, the situation was handled. And obviously violence in schools, then, around schools, is a yeah. big problem. Exactly. Especially in Bristol. It seems that it's probably just a mother getting slightly distraught so. by her daughter getting so. hurt. But I think we do yeah. sometimes need to take, you know, uh, firmer measures against some of these school children. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll just uh, end up taking over. Right, should we move on to some more uh, upbeat? Well, entertainment news. Well, unfortunately, it's not quite upbeat, but but it is entertainment news. Uh, The star of Dirty Dancing, Patrick Swayze, reportedly has cancer. There were claims that the actor was suffering badly from his pancreatic cancer. But a spokesperson for for a 55-year-old has said that he is responding to treatment well. So, positive and bad, but um, Mm. so unfortunately he has... uh, It's come as a bit of a shock, though, to many of these dirty dancing fans. Yeah. Hasn't it? Yeah, I I think most people are slightly worried that, you know... Mm. And there were were rumours, there have been rumours that he's only got five weeks to live. In the press, I heard there were rumours, but they've been quashed by uh, medical people medical <laughs> saying that medical actually stuff. he is going apparently to you can't you know you can survive this yeah. type of cancer but it's not going to be easy for him he's going to have to go through no. chemotherapy i do hope he does survive um just because i actually think he's a great actor and singer and dancer as we mm. see in dirty dancing a lot of dirty dancing fans here at bristol university yes <laughs> Well, but actually in positive celebrity news, Minnie Driver is pregnant. She has a baby girl on the way. She found us out by, at a party, she turned down champagne. And the Daily Mail said that they overheard her saying, I can't, I'm pregnant. (gasps) So, you know, this is quite exciting. So, um, is this just a rumour, maybe sort of started by the Daily Mail? I think it has potential. Has she actually but released an official statement yet? It hasn't been official. No. However, if she, if we are known that she has a baby girl, then maybe, you know, I mean, it could all be speculation. But mm, It could, especially it could as soon as I hear the words Daily Mail. Yeah. <laughs> you, you doubt I it. I start to wonder, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we also don't know who the father is. Ooh. So 
So it could be plenty more entertainment news stories about that yes. coming up over the next Good few weeks. We'll have to update you on that. Yes, indeed. Sports news. Danny Cipriani has been dropped from the England rugby team for inappropriate behaviour when pictured leaving a club after midnight. The 20-year-old has been dropped, so he won't be playing this weekend in the rugby and he's going to have Bullshaw replace him. So um, I don't know what that'll I mean for I don't know, that could be upsetting for rugby. some uh, fans. Well, I mean, Personally, it doesn't affect me. I mean, I, I know that we are in the Six Nations at the moment and um, fingers crossed it won't affect the team too much. Mm. So. Was, uh, was he doing anything particularly disgraceful or just... Um, is we, it, we don't this know. Is, just this has been actually behavior. very well covered up. It it's inappropriate it's behavior. Yes, it is. But he is 20 years old, so you kind of have to expect it from, you know, a 20-year-old to maybe do some inappropriate behavior. But how inappropriate, we don't know. We don't so. know. Do you have another, new, another sports story? Yes. Um, this is for all you Paula Radcliffe fans out there. Unfortunately... Mm-hmm. listening. <laughs> um, she's pulled out of the marathon. Oh. <laughs> this is due to... Um, she has damaged her toe tendon in her training base in America. So she won't be taking part, mm-hmm. and that means that she's giving up a chance of um, keeping her world record mm, title. But you know what it also means? It will give other people the chance to uh, win, won't it? Yes, it does. Of course, because... A new star, as soon as she's like. in the race, I was like, oh... Yeah. More around trying to win again. So, you know, this year we're not, we're not going to, we won't know who, no. who could possibly win. Exactly. Exciting. Exciting stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I believe you have some weather for us. Well, yes. This is so that you don't get. Please tell know. me it's going to be good news. Ooh. Well, <laughs> during the day, there will be patches of rain, but it will brighten up towards the <laughs> afternoon. Okay. And it will be a clear night. We will have high temperatures of 7 to 8 degrees Celsius with lows of 6 degrees. Ah, heat waves. So <laughs> heat waves. Get Bring your bikinis on. on. <laughs> so I think it's still a case of I'm going to need my umbrella probably for the next uh, week or so, I reckon. Yeah, just keep it in your bag just in case. We haven't had as much rain around Bristol as we normally would do, have we? Sort of recently. Okay. It's been quite dry. So, uh, so I do I fear think... the worst, actually. <laughs> Ever the pessimistic. Um, Okay, so that brings us to the end of our the six o'clock news tonight. Thank you very much for listening. Tune in same time tomorrow night for while some other lovely people will be reading the news to you, and we will leave you with a song.